Okay, Nesmo, we are back. We are outsourcing to profits. And uh, you have some more questions that teammates have been asking, or teammates, I mean, like the audience have been asking. And uh, please ask away. Let's let's talk about outsourcing or offshoring best practices. So here's what people people are asking. People are asking which one is better, outsourcing or insourcing? Well, I don't know that one is better than the other. One just serves a different purpose. So the reason you may insource talent is you need to a physically have human beings in North America um, at a geolocation. You know, like if you owned a restaurant or if you owned a fitness center, you need somebody who needs to be there physically. Uh, another reason to do this is because you have to create these pods, these physical pods for brainstorming. Again, it requires physical requirement of being there. The last might be um, one of the roles that has been most uh, untested, we'll say, is outsourcing the account executive. So th th that is the person that is closing and winning the business. So at least from our perspective, we've tested every role, every responsibility within a business. We've had great success with offshoring. But we haven't found others that are replicating myself or my business partner, Amar, in any of other, you know, in Pipeline Signals, Sales for Life, and now in Get Leverage. So you, this is where insourcing, if the role can't be done virtually and or it requires a nuance such as it's so complex that it requires and maybe has cultural barriers. It requires somebody here in North America. But from the rest of the perspective, offshoring or outsourcing uh, works in every other role. Again, it serves so many purposes. It allows you to scale multiple people for the same price as one. It allows you to become more profitable to redeploy those profits. It allows you to take the savings you make in gross margins or cost customer acquisition and now become more competitive with your pricing or new product offerings. So I hope that answered your question. There are times, and as Pipeline Signals scales, we'll most likely scale an onshore closing Salesforce. Same with Sales for Life. And at Pipeline Signals, that's yet to be determined how we'll scale the Salesforce, but there might be instances where it makes sense to have those in North America. Yeah, absolutely. And so here's what I think. I think it's, it is an interesting topic whenever we say him versus him or these versus that, that right? It's outbound versus inbound. But when you are smart, you kind of know that it's not, most of the time, it's not about versus. It's about these and that, right? They're, they're, for some, as you mentioned, for some positions, of obviously, we need people in-house and that's okay, that's the way it should be. And there are times when you can outsource and that's the way it can be. So it, absolutely what you just said is, it's not about, oh, is this better and that better? It is, I think it depends on the circumstances. And I also think we should not look at it that way. Uh, same goes for inbound and outbound, right? Or inbound or outbound, inbound versus outbound. No, we should not look at it that way. I think both of them are important. It's about what you need, right? Okay, so um, I know we have covered this a few times, but people have been asking this in different, different ways. So now people are asking um, what outsourcing really means. What it really means is that you are leveraging non-core competency uh, 
departments or functions. So that's as an example, you are a business that is an engineering business. Many, there's two ways to define this. Many times you would look at outsourcing, meaning you would take the functions that are not core to your business. So that might be sales, marketing, customer success, finance, HR, and you would have other people do them. That's one definition of outsourcing. So as an example, uh, a very common not core competency role might be HR and finance. But from the perspective that we're discussing, what it's meaning is more of offshoring, meaning that instead of looking at the talent in your local market, in city, or even in your country, you're using labor arbitrage to look at talent overseas. Now, overseas to wherever you live in the world can mean different things, but here in North America, it typically means you're looking in Latin America and South America, or you're looking in Asia Pacific, or you're looking in Africa. Our experience has lent us to feel very comfortable with teammates in Bangladesh and in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. So now people are asking, when outsourcing is not beneficial, when should they avoid it? I would avoid it in two ways. One, coming back to the first question, again, there's certain roles and responsibilities where you need a physical presence. Totally get that. If the cultural barriers are just too high and or you require physically being together in pods to brainstorm and meet, uh, either maybe for legal reasons or it's just the culture is so embedded of those physical meetings. I get it. You might look at support functions for those people. Um, the other time that wouldn't be beneficial is if the teammates of the stakeholder, you, the founder, and your other stakeholders, the vendors, partners, customers, prospects, employees, if you can't understand the why, I've said this many times that the mindset is you must understand why you're doing this and believe it wholeheartedly. If you can't articulate your why, you'll never be able to defend it to your fellow stakeholders and you'll give up. You know, it's that there's a concept called being half pregnant, meaning like you'll get halfway into an idea and then you'll, you'll flounder and you'll give up. If you aren't convicted as to why you're doing this, you will give up. Um, so those are the two times I wouldn't start until you have decided wholeheartedly, this is a go-to-market that makes sense for me because of XYZ. And if you can defend that and you can believe that, then you're ready to go. I completely agree with you. And I love the term half pregnant. And that's what I always mention to a, a, a few clients of mine that let's not be half pregnant, right? Let's be either fully committed or not at all. Like something yes. in between doesn't work. It doesn't matter if it's outsourcing or whatever. But uh, yeah, nothing in between. Anything in between, it just doesn't work. Um, when everything that's ever failed in my businesses, I was half pregnant. I didn't see it through. Um, now there is a concept of uh, like cutting cutting bait, so to speak. Like this has just been too long. But many times the fruits of your labor aren't seen until year two, and year three, and year four. But you're in month four and you go, oh, this isn't working and you give up. And if you had just held on for 14 months, you would have seen the compounding effect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last question, and we can end with this. 
how do people build outsourcing teams like building outsourcing teams let's talk about it building a team um, if you look at the curriculum that we've built for our founders what we teach them and as we help them identify talent scaling is of course the last piece the mm. last mile mm. and it comes with um doing it right the first time and then most importantly putting managers or leaders in place that those can be onshore, but they know the why. They can defend the why. They're convicted into the why. Now, all of a sudden, they've put in place the infrastructure for success. People process technology to support offshore teammates. You have standard operating procedures for the role. So now you're cookie cutting and multiplying that role. So let's use this as a real life example. So uh, Nazmo, we bring you on pipeline signals to grow an entire marketing department. The first thing that you ended up doing is you identified the role, you built people process technology for each of the functions. So SEO, uh, videographer, um, content writer, and so forth. Now over time, um, we'll want to expand marketing efforts, let's say into paid media or into newsletter campaigns or into podcasting. You'll need more teammates for that. And at the same time, it's an inevitability that you'll have employee churn. So people will leave or either voluntary or you'll volunteer them and you'll have to replace them. But the best way to make sure you're successful is you've documented the standard operating procedure that's going to make that role successful. How does that role work? How does that role work into the bigger picture of marketing? And so you've already done this. And so we've had teammates that, unfortunately had to leave, we just replaced them. Uh, and we needed to add because we're expanding marketing campaigns. The, the process is already there. But without you have been there, you understood the why, you've built the standard operating procedures, you have the infrastructure for success, you know, we're tracking time, we have the right operating agreements, we have the right technology to communicate virtually. It becomes Simple. And it's in no different from my perspective if the teammate was onshore or offshore. I have the same communication workflow. I use WhatsApp to talk to you, Google. We jump on Zoom calls. I mean, uh, you, you could have lived anywhere else in Canada and we would have been communicating the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. I just want to add two things. One, I think when we are building an outsourcing team, it's really important for us to have an open mind because when you're just starting out, when, when this is the first time you're building, so things are different when you're building the team for the third or fourth or fifth time, right? When you're building the team for the first time, I would recommend everybody to have an open mind because you do not know what kind of people you'll be encountering. And um, unfortunately, or for, I mean, I think not unfortunately, I think this goes for any kind of industry, but Specifically for outsourcing, there are people who say they can do a lot of things, but they'll not be able to deliver. So sometimes what happens is people, you know, see this kind of people, sorry, people meet this kind of people and then, and then their impression is, oh, it doesn't work. And all the people who work in this industry, they're just bad people. Um, it, it, it's just not like that. So one easy way to avoid this is obviously you can go to marketplace and, uh, and there are people with a lot of ratings. You can work with them. That's one. Second thing, as I mentioned, is have an open mind. This definitely works. Otherwise, 
you know, we wouldn't have worked together. And then obviously there are thousands, like hundreds of thousands of people right now uh, working like that, right? So I would highly recommend founders to have an open mind. Uh, you just don't know what you're going to encounter again when you're building the team for the first time. That's one. And then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. You wanted to add something. No, I was just going to say, and founders, you will encounter human problems, HR problems. Yes. No different though. And this is the part that is um, is a myth or a fable or is part of legacy bias. People mm. will say, yeah, but I'm going to have, name your quality issues, communication issues, what happened. Maybe you have that with your onshore teammates too. Mm. You're mm. just been ex more accepting and more tolerant of it because mm. there is a, a like-minded cultural yeah. similarity. Yeah, yeah. You'll have the same issues. Yeah, the second thing that I wanted to mention, you, you just mentioned anyway, is the culture. So understand the people that you'll be working with, they are from a different country. Maybe they have a different religion, right? They have different upbringing. So there can be certain things um, that can be very different from what you're used to. And I'll give you one tiny example. So if you work with people um, from Spain, oftentimes you will see they are gone for two to three hours in the afternoon. They're just gone. What are they doing? They're taking a nap. <laughs> now, if you're thinking they're slacking off, they're not, I promise you. Uh, it's just part of their culture. When I was there, I, I was like, where are all the people? Why all these stores are shut down? They're just taking a nap. And, and it is absolutely part of the culture. Yeah. So all I'm trying to tell you is that have an open mind again is connected with the culture part. So you, you might face some uh, cultural shocks. Uh, so there will be different kinds of cultures. And oftentimes what I've seen is people or companies who are respectful with to the other cultures, they often do good. They just um, both of the parties can see that each of them have respect for each other and, and that you know, it helps you moving forward instead of just saying, oh, no, 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 today is not holiday in our country, so you can't take it off. That's just not going to work. You need to kind of respect the culture, the different kind of culture and different kind of behavior. And just, again, let's have an open mind and try to understand what's going on. Yeah, that's it. That's a great point. And one of the things we did at Pipeline Signals, is we built a holiday calendar that showcases a collective holiday between Canada Philippines, Pakistan, Bangladesh, India. Um, trying to remember if there's anywhere else. <laughs> um, basically, the, the rule of thumb that we created was this. Every teammate should, A, have at least 10 business days of holiday, minimum. Number two, they shouldn't work when you're unwilling to work. This is my personal belief. Christmas to New Year's, end of the, the calendar year to us, in the Christian world, it's it's meaningless dates and times to the non-Christian world, but it's it, it celebrates the closing of a calendar year. I never work it. I never will work it. And so because of that, why am I forcing my teammates to work it? So the way that we look at it is between Christmas and New Year's is automatically off. Then add 10 more business days. And what we did is we created a shared calendar so that A, it was transparent. We all knew when people were off. But B, the way that we built the calendar is we had teammates in Bangladesh, in the Philippines, would tell us what are the most important holidays in your region in order of operations. And let's just try to ensure that there's not such a crazy overlap 
that like the whole company shut down for four days. And it turns out that that's not true because in Bangladesh, Eid was a week or two after Easter, as an example. But what it did is it gave the teammates, and I'll, the, the story I always tell is the story of Sabir. Sabir celebrated last year, I, I can't remember what it was, whether it was Eid or uh, whichever holiday. He told Amar and I, it was the first time he had celebrated that holiday with his family in five years. Because where he, in other opportunities, mm. he had not had that time off. Mm. And that's, I live in a, in a, in a country that generally speaking is not a religious country. It's actually on the list of the top five least religious countries in the world. Wow. So for me to empathize or understand that, you know, we don't, we work on, like Easter Monday, that's not even a holiday in Canada. But in the Philippines, it's massive. Mm. Halloween in Canada, mm. yeah, it's a fun party day. Did you know that in the Philippines, November 1 and November 2, mm. All Saints Day, is about burying the dead and celebrating mm. the dead. It's humongous. Mm. And so just accept that. Build a shared calendar. Give people appropriate amount of time off. And you'll have, A, hard, hard work. But more importantly, lack of churn or we'll call it employee retention. Recruiting talent is expensive and it's cumbersome and time consuming. Do what you can to keep the talent. And that's a small gesture. Yeah, absolutely. No, um, this was fantastic. I'm really happy that we are able to answer these questions. And I'm also excited uh, because in future we will bring in guests who will be either outsourcing or uh, they might be outsourcing to different countries or maybe they might be owning different outsourcing companies. So I'm looking forward to them. If you are watching it on YouTube, do subscribe and hit the like button. We would really appreciate that. Until next time, see you. Thank you.